This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in the book of Genesis. We're actually in chapter 15. We've made it all the way to chapter 15. Sometimes it feels like it's going really slow and then all of a sudden, You look down and you're moving through a book pretty well. This is 35, 40% of the way through the book of Genesis, but we've covered a lot of great ground, a lot of interesting things, a lot of things that God is revealing, setting up, showing us. And I can't really complain. I'm excited to to have this time with you each and every morning, uh, four mornings a week. Good to be a part of a group of people just studying God's word each and every morning. And that's really all we're doing. We're not here for we're not here to do anything that is flashy or really not trying to sell anything. We're just trying to talk about Jesus, and that's what we're doing this morning. We're dealing with Abraham and his covenant with God, and his major issue because Abraham <clears throat> obviously had a promise from God, and his promise from God is that he'd make him into great nations, not just a great nation, but many great nations. He would uh, he would reveal him as a great man and make him into great nations. That was that when you get a promise from God, that's important to you, and it ought to be. When we hear from God, it ought to be important to us, and when God gives us a promise, we want to walk in that promise. It ought to be important to us. It ought to be at the forefront of our mind and our heart and who we are and what we're doing each and every day. And it was with Abraham. And Abraham had lived a a pretty full life. When we find him in chapter 15, he is he's become a man of uh, great influence. He's become a man of great wealth. He's become a great a man of great power. Obviously, if he can take his household men and defeat five armies in the north and win back Lot and all the booty from the four armies in the southern part of Israel, obviously he was a man of great importance. And and he met with God. He was a man who met with God. And so that, that makes him all those things, the things that are expected of Abraham. And Abraham had a good relationship with the Heavenly Father. He had a good relationship with Jesus, Jehovah God. He had a good relationship with, with his creator. And he uh, he is someone who is just waiting on one thing, and that's the primary promise that God had given him, that if he would leave where he was and go to a place he didn't know and live among a people he didn't know, he would make his name great, and he would make him into a great nation. And it says, so after these things, and and, uh, in the Bible, it always tries to uh, make sure we understand the order of things, because the Bible is a Bible of order. It's a Bible of setting things in the right place at the right time. And in our lives, that's important also for us to realize that God is doing things for us in the right place at the right time. There have been many times in life where I wondered if I would ever experience certain things from God or or be a part of certain things or see certain things again. And not all of those things have come about in my life. Not all of those things have have I seen to their completion in in my life. But Many of those things over time, and as I am in the year where I approach that big 5-0 
as I get close to 50, man, that just is so weird to say. If as I get close to that, I realized that he's shown me and given me a lot of the things that I didn't imagine I would. And a lot of the things that I just wondered if they were even possible anymore for me. And that's that's true for everyone. God is in the business of revealing himself and His and himself is wonderful. He's mighty. He's great. And you do get to see the good things. You do get to see the big things. You do get to be a part of things that you didn't imagine that you might get, a, get to be a part of. And, and you definitely get any promise that he's given you. If he's given you a promise, he's going to fulfill that promise. He's going to make that happen. So it says after these things, it may not happen right now, but it might happen after these things. It might not happen now, but it might happen after these things. He says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham. Notice this is a specific revelation to Abraham. Now we get to be a part of it because God wants us to see how he's working in Abraham's life. He wants to show us a part of his character and nature. And we get to get a close up front row view of Abraham's life. But this is for Abraham. This is a word of the Lord that came for Abraham. It came to him. It was for him. And uh, it, it was a part of God's plan to fulfill his promises to Abraham. And so he says, it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, do not be afraid. Well, that seems such a strange thing to say to Abraham. Abraham's not a man of fear, is he? He's not a man of of, trepi- of trepid actions. He, he's a man of assertiveness, a man of influence, a man of power. Why would you say, do not be afraid to Abraham? Abraham is, is probably the most powerful man in the region of the world that he lives in. Why would you say, no, do not be afraid? I'm going to tell you why you say, do not be afraid. Because the heart of man due to our sin nature, is always bent toward fear. We really are. This is, it's, it, if, and if you haven't noticed that in the, last, in the last year to year and a half in this world, you're just not, you're not paying attention. The world we live in is right and full of fear. We, I know we watch movies and we watch TV and we listen to the radio and everything like that. And all we're presented to is, all we're presented is heroism and strength and, uh, and, and people who, who break through, the reason they are unique and the reason we like to watch them and the reason that they come across as good things in the, in the world that we live in, the reason that's the case is because they're not commonplace. They're very unique. Heroism is a unique thing. Heroism is something that is not that doesn't just happen overnight. It's not something that happens all the time. In fact, heroism is something that uh, most of the time is, is vacuous, is, is empty. It doesn't exist in the world that we live in. Fear is the commonplace. Fear is the thing that most people walk around in. Fears, and by the way, that's part of the curse of sin. Sin brings about separation. Separation brings about a lack of faith. The lack of faith brings about fear. And faith and fear are opposites. They They do not work together. There's no way you can walk by faith and walk in fear. There's no way you can walk by faith and walk and walk in an anxiousness about the future if you are anxiously expecting God to be in control of it. You can't be anxious about what's going to happen and anxious, anxiously expecting God at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. That's not the way life is. And you're fearful about the consequences or about how your sin is affecting you and affecting the world you live in. We walk in that each and every day. And it's not just always a conscious right in front of you, in front of you, even though David and the Apostle Paul both say, my fear is ever, my, my sin is ever before me. It's not always just the sin 
that uh, you realize you're in. It's just the fallen nature that you're in, the broken nature that you're in, the uh, the incomplete, incomplete and unfulfilled nature that we live in. And, and fear is our natural instinct. It's our natural place. And when God is about to promise or do something really big in our lives, oftentimes he's got to calm the fear so that we can hear what he's got to do so that we can believe it and act in faith. That's the first thing he's got to do is he's got to calm the fear. He's got to he's got to focus us in on what he's about to say so that we can believe it and trust it and walk in it. And that's why you see, do not be afraid. This little phrase, these four words often mentioned in the Bible. The Bible is just full of God saying this or an angel saying this or Jesus saying this. It's just full of it. It's full of God saying that. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It's just all throughout scripture because God's got to calm our fear so that we can hear what he's got to say, so we can believe it, and so that we can walk in it. He said, do not be afraid. Abraham, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. This word for shield is a word for protection. It's a word to, to keep you from being hurt by the fiery arrows. It also is uniquely can be translated crocodile skin. I don't necessarily like to hear hear that God's my crocodile skin, but if somebody's trying to bite me, I guess I would like to have some crocodile skin. And uh, I do know that the enemy's wanting to bite me. He's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I do realize that's the case. Oftentimes we worry about the things that we live in fear about the things that we do not know. That's one of those foolish things that God wants to set aside in our hearts. He wants us to know I'm your shield. You ain't got to worry about what you do not know. If I let you know about it, then that's obviously means I'm working in it and obviously means we're moving ahead and forward in this. And so he says to him, listen, I'm your shield. I'm your protector. You ain't got to worry about, you ain't got to worry about the things you don't know and the things that you do know, I let you know so that me and you could handle it so that I can handle it, that you can walk in me handling it, really. That's all that he's really saying. You can walk in the midst of me handling the situation that I've let you know about. All the other stuff I'm handling, and you don't know about it. So quit being afraid. He says, I'm your shield. And he says, I'm your exceedingly great reward. I love the idea of this. Really, the best way probably to translate this is I'm your exceedingly great payoff. And you don't want to hear think about it as a transactional thing as far as God's concerned. But the truth is, that's what he's saying. The truth is he's saying to you, listen, I'm your payoff. I'm your reward. I'm uh, ultimately at the end, I'm the one that uh, I'm what matters and all that other stuff does. I'm your exceedingly, I'm your exceedingly great payoff. I'm your great reward. You don't have to worry about anything. I'm the one who's handling you. I'm the one who's taking care of you. I'm the one who's putting you in the right position and the right place. I'm God. I'm taking care of and uh, I'm protecting you and I'm your payoff. And once you begin to see that searching out God's will is the thing that actually works in life, it really is the thing that actually works in life. How many plans have you put together that have just totally failed? Never really even got off the launch pad. You know what I'm talking about? You tried to rocket off into your own dreams. And the truth is the pad broke before you could even get the rocket set up on it. Cracked right down the middle and had a big giant sinkhole in the middle of it. How many times has that happened to you in life? I'm sure it's happened to you a whole lot because the plans of man is futile. Uh, it's really ridiculous that we even think that we have ability to plan things as, as unstable as things actually are. And you look around and say, well, it seems like there's a lot of things that are stable. They're really not stable. They're really not stable. The things that seem so stable and so strong in my life many years ago today don't even exist. They're not even, they're not even, they're not even there. I can remember when I was a little kid, Ronald Reagan out there and he was the strong president of the United States. 
And by the time I was a late teenager, he wasn't even there. He wasn't even there. It just, it's just, it's just always been that way. The things that we think are stable are nothing in this world is stable except for God. The everything else is shaky as all get out. It's just shaking. It, it is about to shake apart. And we're definitely not that brand new tank going down the road that can't be destroyed. We're we're the 80-year-old Model T that everything in it rattles as we go down the road. Everything in this world is shaky. It all is shaky. But God's not. God's not shaky. And that's what he's saying to, he's saying to Abraham. He's saying to Abram right now. I know I keep bouncing back and forth because I always want to think of him as the, as his name of promise and Abraham is his name of promise. And we're going to get to that this week. But, but he says, I'm your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Is your hope in anything else other than that in this world? If you're placing your hope in anything other than that, you're really going down a path that's going to ultimately lead to emptiness. It's going to ultimately lead to you, to you being distraught, to, to you to be being, to you being thinking about your limited limitedness is going to eat at you but when we trust god when we trust god and we're expecting of the big things of god when we're expecting of the huge things of god when we're expecting god to be as mighty as he actually is we we realize that he's protecting me and we realize that ultimately all things have to do with him anyway and so we place our trust and our hope in him and in him alone i hope you're doing that Abraham's going to address his promise God made to him. And I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to get into that tomorrow because you know what? We do need to address God's promises to us. We need to ask God to act upon those promises. We need to be a people who believe what God says and expect God to do the things that he said he's going to do. That's a part of faith. That's a very, it's a very intimate and a very important part of faith is expecting God to do what he said he's going to do. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name. Amen.